We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir. Uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho, and today we're talking about the great sport of American bootlegging. We're talking about Smokey and the Bandit. We've got me, Ryan Nanny, Alex McDaniel, and a very special guest joining us towards the end of the episode. Uh, A great one. Uh, Before we get into that, I want to shout out our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, especially our producer, Big Chill Level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Drees, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Riss, Class Stadium Fire, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBoe, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkleman, Mac Lindsay, Kurt Ritchie, Robert Dove, Jim Scroggs, Andrew Teagle, Rewan Balagir, Jeff Estes, and Anthony Scaffone. Biggest thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting the show. It is a very exciting time in our Big Screen Sports Patreon group as our producers have just picked a theme month for September. We're going to do a special theme month, something that has been hinted for a long time on this show, and patrons are picking most of the slate for that. They've picked three movies that are going to be covered in August. They're going to pick at least two to three for the theme month, of which I I will still holster that. Uh, If you follow us on Twitter, you can probably guess, but um, great Great time if you want to support the show and get in on some votes for that for that theme month in September and kind of keep this train going. You go to patreon.com slash big screen sports for that. Uh but yeah, should should be a good one. And this is a long episode, so I'm not gonna uh not gonna delay any further. Me, Ryan Nanny, Alex McDaniel, and a special guest talking about smoking the bandit. All right, returning to the pod. The managing editor of For the Win, Alex McDaniel, and the man who has so many jobs now, I can't, I can't remember them all. So he's going to have to tell you, Ryan Nanny, y'all, welcome back to the show. Hello, how many jobs do you have, Ryan? Tell us all. I, I, I'm just tired. I'm just perpetually <laughs> tired. Lay it all out. Let's get into the promo portion of this show. All right, fine. So I just started as the college football editor at the Messenger. Um, I'm still doing the shutdown forecast. I have a new podcast I'm doing uh, called We're Not All Like This, which is not out yet, but at least as of when we're recording this, but will be. Alex, I will be hitting you up for the old Miss episode. 
I wasn't going to ask. No, obviously, 100%. (laughs) Um, I'm doing a newsletter with Homefield called Buried Treasure. But that, like, what is really dominating my life right now is not work. Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie is tearing my family apart from the inside. (laughs) Oh, no. Get into it. I haven't seen it. And as we're recording it, my wife is with some friends seeing it right now. She hasn't seen it either. But the reason it's tearing my family apart, I'm sure it's good. I believe everybody who says it's great. I'm very happy for everybody who's made it. I would like to see it eventually. But unfortunately, I have a six, almost seven-year-old daughter who is the maddest she's ever been that there is a hugely popular Barbie movie that we won't let her go see. She is, I have never seen her this mad at us. So here's the thing. (laughs) I don't think she would understand any of the reasons why she can't see it. Not particularly, no. Like, like, well, like in the movie, I don't. I think everything that's like you wouldn't want her repeating would just fly so far over her head. Um, because like I, we took our nine-year-old. Um, it, she enjoyed it, but he also didn't understand half of what they were talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, I can see that being tough, though. That's a that's that's a tough negotiation. Just, just furious. Just, just. Has decided we're the worst people in the world. What have you told? Like, what have you explained to her, or have you that, tried that? There's we have we have explained that there's there are so many Barbie things for young kids, and it's not we're not like particularly we're not overly strict about stuff like this. <clears throat> but we've said like this is a Barbie movie they made for grownups. Like that's who it's for this is not an acceptable answer. This is not like, okay. And so uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it's just, I I think, I think eventually she's just going to move out and that's just how we're going to have to resolve it. She's going to, this is going to be the first time where she packs a little knapsack on a stick and and walks out and leaves the house. Yes. She's going, she's going to the local AMC. A hundred percent. Can I tell you, this is the same thing I'm going through with my nine-year-old, except Oppenheimer. (laughs) 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 Because he's obsessed, obsessed with World War I and World War II history. He does not understand why he, a nine-year-old boy, cannot see Oppenheimer. I'm like, one day, man, we can Mm -hmm. talk about it all day long. But Mm -hmm. he thinks that I don't want him to be happy. Like he thinks that's the goal. It has nothing to do with him. It's I don't want him to feel joy. Yeah. Yeah, that adds up. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's so your nine year old is like a 40 year old dad. True. Mine is like a 75 year old grandpa. (laughs) So similar interests, but different, a little bit of different um, eccentric type behaviors. But yeah, it's, it's a constant negotiation with the movies, what they can see, what they can't see. Um, Cause like, you know, I floated because I have not seen we're seeing Oppenheimer on Saturday. That's the first time we've been able to negotiate someone to watch him for long enough to do the long six time hours. for like six hours. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so desperate to see it that I floated it to my wife and was like, could he really not see that? And she said, no. And I said, 
you're right. But I, I had <laughs> I had to be the one to say it because I'm so desperate to see it. It's just like, honestly, and I'm sure there's more to it. To me, it's just the boob scenes. Like, I, it's not that I, he's nine. We've had some talks. I just, sorry, Caroline is texting me. Caroline! Um, God damn it. You don't get to be on every show, Caroline. It won't. Okay. I don't know. I've closed my text. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. World. I don't, just, I don't even think she, I don't, I don't know if she's Hold on. I'm going to text Caroline movie. right now. I'm going to text Caroline right now. <laughs> Hold on. But, you know, I just. This podcast want, is going great. I, I don't want that to be like his first, like, that's what boobs are. Yes, they are. They're gorgeous boobs. Don't get me wrong. I just don't want to have to answer a bunch of questions. Sure. Like, yeah, that that's, the, and that's the thing with those. It's not like you don't, it's not actually the seeing it. It's like, then it's the questions and we already get enough questions. This was, this was the, this was sort of how we talking to another parent came to the decision with Barbie. It's like the gynecologist comes up in Barbie. I just don't want to do that right now. At the end. Yeah. It's still, it's still a thing. Yeah. In, yeah. There's just, just a lot of, a lot of questions. Yeah. When I was, nine my mom was pregnant so i knew what the gynecologist was and i was like cool when's the baby gonna be <laughs> but I, I i think if i had a nine-year-old i might like six and nine are just six, like, it's, oh, it's man. big difference, Huge difference. plus no. here's the other thing once you open the door once you're like you were allowed to go see barbie it's like oh well now all movies are on the table all now you've said all movies i went yeah. i've seen a grown-up movie and i handled it yeah, that's the thing. It's it's the opening Pandora's box of well, I saw this. Now why can't I see that? Because I remember using that that argument. Um, well, of course we all did. Yeah, you know what I will say to tie it all back. Seven minutes in, uh, you know what movie a nine year old can't see is is 1977's Smokey and the Bandit. Tonight we're talking about the great sport of bootlegging. Uh, the that Bandit is hired to run a tractor trailer full of beer over state lines in hot pursuit by a pesky sheriff. It starred Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed, and Jackie Gleason was directed by Hal Needham only has a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of bullshit, but it was the second highest grossing movie of 1977 next to just behind Alex's other favorite movie of all time. Hot Rod. Star Wars. (laughs) That's true. I've seen all, by the way, just to mention, this is like the day that Hot Rod came out in 2007. Happy anniversary, Hot Rod. Wow. It's true. We should have just done it. Hot Rod ironically gets its driver's license today. (gasps) Wow. Full circle. Do y'all just want to make this? Let's just call it Audible. (laughs) Let's just make it a Hot Rod. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call this pod Hot Rod and the Bandit. (laughs) Um, Directed by Hal Needham, Memphis's own, hence the hat and the shirt, the home field Memphis State shirt. Yeah, Alex, I'm going to let you vamp here. This this movie for you when when we decided we're we're doing Smokey and the Bandit. What does this movie bring out in you? Here's the thing. Okay, growing up, like my mom is from Chicago, Michigan. My dad was from Mississippi. I was partially raised in Texas. I didn't know what the world was. My only idea of what the South was was my dad. And I didn't know he was super country. <laughs> he was a redneck. And so like growing up, you hear some, you hear your father talk and you think these are normal things to say. 
okay, these are normal things to do and feel and love. And then like you get in the South or you go to college in Mississippi with all these like very rich, like refined people. And you realize like your dad was a little trashy. <laughs> like It's a wonderful thing. But this movie, I just think it's, it's wonderful to me. It, it reminds me so much of my dad and just like that whole side of the family. And, you know, that's why I say some bitch because son of a bitch takes too long. I just think it's a wonderful thing. It's a, I mean, it's a like objectively terrible movie, but you add the right people and it's great. Oh, come on. Imagine if this were like a bunch of no names, like you do this movie without Jerry Reed and Burt Reynolds and Sally Field. It's not the same movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. That's what makes this movie such an accomplishment is it's really kind of a nothing burger and it rips. Like it's it awesome. should be, should be incredibly boring. And it's why it's got two pretty pan sequels. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> For you, I want to talk about the bandit as a fictional driver. This is something that I didn't I didn't make you prepare for whatsoever. Yeah, that's but fine. That's fine. The, the Mount Rushmore of just dudes who drive in, in the movies. He's got to be up there. Yeah, I think so. Because like. It's one of those things where he is capable of causing chaos and reacting to chaos. Like I think fictional drivers usually fall into the latter category of like whatever you throw at them, they can deal with. But because the bandit has a a specific job, he can't just sort of like evade. He also has to cause trouble. He has to like attract attention. And, um, I think my only, the only thing that still feels weird to me about the movie is that the setup is all like, oh, you know, big and little Enos go and find the bandit and whatever. And it's all about like, you have to get this truck from Texarkana back here. And it it, it always just throws me that it's like, oh, Burt Reynolds not going to be driving the truck. He's going to be driving the Trans Am. It's much cooler to drive the Trans Am, but it's just like a weird little inconsistency. But no, he's he's fucking great. He's awesome. Yeah. Bandit is so level and so calm. The whole there's just nothing who throws literally finds a runaway bride in the middle of the road. And it's just like, yeah, fuck it. Cool. Come on. Yeah. Like, yes. I, and I listen, I understand the 70s are different. Uh, I think that was a, a big theme of, of last week's episode on Days and Confused. Like, 70s, just different. But, uh, yeah, the bandit's calm and collected. When I think about other movie drivers, Dominique Toretto is obviously the first one to come to mind. This is a different movie. But he's not Do- chill. He's no. he's a tense dude. No. Yeah, him and the, the thing, if Dominique Toretto is bandit, the movie ends with him and, 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 uh, and the sheriff, Sheriff Buford T. Justice, just throwing down. And yes. Dominique Toretto being arrested for murder. Which would be The Rock, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock playing the Jackie Gleason <laughs> the Rock, The Rock is Sheriff Buford T. Justice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie, if we're talking Hall of Fame, All-Star Starter, Benchwarmer, this is a Hall of Fame movie. This movie is 96 minutes of sick. It's wonderful. I, I What really makes, what really proves that out is that this movie's soundtrack is just a song about the movie. About yeah, the I, bandit. <laughs> about the thing you were watching. They made a song about the bandit having sex. Like, <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh, bandit. <laughs> like, 
there's no there's no other soundtrack at all there's no other like oh we licensed this or we got this band it's just nope it's somebody who's in the movie (laughs) singing songs about what you're watching on screen (laughs) it's like the disney robin hood movie exactly it's kind of like what they did in Barbie, actually. The, the theme Gary song to Barbie. What the movie Gary Reed and Roger Miller are basically the same musical artist. Yes. Just, you know, at slightly different times. So Jerry Reed wrote Eastbound and Down, played it for Hal Needham, and Hal stopped him in the middle of the song. And Jerry thought, like, he hated it. And he's like, if you change a goddamn note of this song, I will kill you. <laughs> it was the perfect song. I love it so much. It's incredible. And then it gives us, we get this second life with it when Eastbound and Down comes out. It's the, it's just the perfect, the perfect I mean, theming for that show. The only person capable of carrying on the legacy of this entire movie is Danny McBride. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know I'm jumping ahead, but like the remake of this involves Danny McBride and Walton Goggins as Jerry Reed. Obviously. Oh, would, would love that. Um, the, uh, the other pop culture reference to this movie that always cracks me up. Ryan, I bet you have seen this. Have you seen The Goods, the movie where with Jeremy Piven and Katherine Hahn no, and Ving, and no, Ving Rhames? This is a movie that I've seen half of on a plane, but the flight was too short. And I was it's, like, it's I don't plane, need to go back movie. and complete this. It's a plane movie, but the plot is they're trying to sell out all the cars at like a right. used car dealership uh, over a weekend. And the final car that they need to sell is the bandit mobile. They mm. have like, they have the bandit mobile. There's man. There was a time when we just let Jeremy Piven be in everything, everything. He was an Entourage came out and we were like, let's give this guy the keys. To here, the world. here it is. Here it is. But, yeah. but like, I think I can't really wrap my head around. So to, to, to Alex has clearly read some of the same stuff I have. And probably already knew this. Like, Jerry Reed's originally supposed to play the bandit role when Hal Needham starts this production. Way and different then, movie. Yes. Way worse. Like we can 100%. just say it. Oh, well, yeah, We'll talk about how important Burt Reynolds is. But Burt Reynolds, who's friends with Hal Needham, agrees to be in it. And the thing that I still am just like, really? That's true? Apparently at that point in time, it was like, oh, Burt Reynolds was the biggest movie star in the world. <laughs> And that's just something I'm like, how is that ever true? And it's not that I think he sucks. He's awesome. But I just don't. I, I'm just like, how were there that many people who were like, fuck yeah, Burt Reynolds for life. This stunt driver wrote a movie on a legal pad. I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the fun thing about Burt Reynolds, and like, I want to credit the rewatchables who had a great conversation about this. I think during the Boogie Nights pod. But looking at Burt Reynolds's career is him just saying yes to everything. And it's yeah. just a dumpster fire, dumpster fire, dumpster fire. Oh, he's in Boogie Nights. And then it's like dumpster fire, dumpster fire, dumpster fire. It's to be fair, incredible. that's also my career path. <laughs> yeah, but you're in digital media. There's You don't have as many options. You don't have the options. You just got to say yes to all of it. That's right. I pulled fun stuff off IMDb trivia, but I feel like Alex probably knows more of the trivia than I could have. <laughs> this is a rich IMDb trivia text. Yeah. There's a lot here, a lot to go over. I promise I don't know a lot. This is just random stuff. So you start. Uh, the one I liked was three Trans Ams were used in the movie, and Hal Needham claimed that they could barely run towards the end of the film's production. 
which I think stacks up because one of the best things about this movie is obviously 1977. There's no CGI. So when we see the car absolutely ripping on the road, that's that's a real car just getting burned out to the max. They're working these cars hard. Yeah. And they're clean next scene. They're always like pristine. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. The bridge jump wrecked one of the cars. It looked it looked like it did. But it's tough. Tough, tough look there. Obviously, um, that's where Speed got the idea for it from. Yeah, just, except, except it was, wasn't like Speed where the bus <laughs> went down and still made the jump. <laughs> oh shit! Um, most of Sheriff Buford T. Justice's lines were improvised, which that that tracks. And then Sally Field has said there was no script for the movie; it was all improvised. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that that was the thing I took away this time. I was like. Part of what makes this work is it feels very natural, but in a way where I'm like, I don't know like how much of this is a script. None of it felt like a script. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. Uh, Especially Sally Field and Burt Reynolds. It is just so, the back and forth is so tight. And I mean, they were dating in real life. It it seems extremely natural. (laughs) Like this is a movie where within the first 20 minutes, Sally Field shows up as a runaway bride. And within 10 more minutes of that, she's making a poop joke. Yeah. Like it, I, I, it's it, in no way is this more, it, this movie is like ridiculous, but it's not boring. It does not no. slow down really. Exactly. I mean, that's the best thing about it. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so simple. Like this, this, uh, when Hal Needham was in Georgia working as Burt Reynolds stunt, stunt double in Gator. I've never seen Gator. Uh, the driver capped on the set, brought, bought some cores from California, put a few cases in the hotel room after he noticed that the maid kept stealing beers from the fridge, which like way to call out the maid there. He remembered a Time Magazine article that said cores couldn't be legally sold outside of 11 Western and Southwestern U.S. states because the beer was not pasteurized and needed constant refrigeration. He then realized that bootlegging cores would make a good plot line for a movie. How many random thoughts have you had like that that didn't end up as a Smokey and the Bandit? All of them. All Limit of does them. not exist. Um, yeah. 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 But, uh, just... but also, like, I'm not friends with Burt Reynolds, and I feel like that's a really limiting factor in my screenwriting career. That's a good point. Although, I feel like this movie, if Spencer is, the, is Bandit, is actually a lot of fun. <laughs> God, I never. We shouldn't give him that much power. <laughs> no, no, please don't. I will also. Say that- also, let's be clear: this movie is about hitting a deadline. Almost no writers <laughs> we've worked with should be the bandits. No, can you imagine Stephen Godfrey as the bandit? This movie would never get made. <laughs> bandit showed up two weeks late and didn't have any beer. <laughs> but just yeah, wanted, really to, but wanted to tell you it's been a really hard couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay cut that part he's oh. got my <laughs> no he won't uh <laughs> yeah no he's not listening to this that's fine this one i loved jackie gleason would often ask his assistant mal for a hamburger which was code for a glass of vodka according to burt reynolds's autobiography isn't there a person involved in this movie whose last name is hamburger did i make that up Someone Google that. Just I look mean, that up. Sounds, it sounds right. Let me oh, look. Right. I have the cast. I swear on. that thing. It's- so there's, I'm not seeing it on the main cast, but also uh, the guy who plays Sugar Bear, uh, the truck stop that uh, Cletus gets his ass kicked in. His name is Lamar Jackson, which I enjoyed. Oh, that is good. Yeah. That. 
No, I can't. Fi- I can't find anything about about a person. Oh wait, no. Their assistant director, David Hamburger. Okay, <laughs> see, I know things. You're correct. Look at that. Every time, so can I just make a comment quickly? You yeah. could always make a cut. There is, as <laughs> as I said recently, there is no, when you say "Can I?" related to the podcast, the answer is always yes. So you have to understand. The first time I lived in Mississippi was when I went to college. My dad's from Mississippi. I wasn't, and I I didn't drink until I was 21 because the law. And so you would have been a terrible bootlegger. I finally could drink. I remember we were like my friends and I were going to a party. I'm like, hey, can you get some beer for us? Sure, because I'm 21 and I get beer. Well, I didn't know that the rule in Oxford at the time, you could only buy warm beer for years in Lafayette County. And I cannot remember what I got. I'm sure, I mean, I was just a naive girl. I just picked up beer. And I brought it back and it was warm. Like you never get this kind of beer because it's warm and we have to have it cooled. And there's like a whole process. And so it took me like a year in grad school to learn. You had to like, you bought the beer and you got it in your truck and then you had a cooler already ready to go with ice in it, mm. with paper towels. And you wrapped wet paper towels around each beer can before you got to the party. Would it surprise you to learn that Gainesville does not have these restrictions on beer sales? <laughs> We don't anymore. I think they used a lot in like 2014, but this was very normal behavior like 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always think about that. Anyway. Texas still has where you cannot buy alcohol before noon on Sundays. Oh, yeah. I think that's a thing here. And I know you can't buy any alcohol on Easter Sunday, in no. at least in Nashville. Yeah. They have signs up on uh, like Easter Friday and Saturday that are like, if you want wine, you better get it now. You yeah, celebrate the resurrection. They have that everywhere. That's I'm used to that. Like my whole life is like Sunday, you cannot buy alcohol because God. And he would be very mad. Even though canonically, alcohol. God's a big fan of booze. He I don't understand. Booze. It's true. Tragedy. Um, this is the last one I've got. This is fun. A 1977 Pontiac Trans Am had at most 220 horsepower and a top speed of 110 miles an hour. A 2019 Toyota Sienna minivan has 296 horsepower <laughs> and a top speed of 115 miles an hour. All right. I want to amend things. If Godfrey can drive the minivan, he can be in the remake <laughs> of this. So I'll credit my wife, but when we get to the last category of the show, talking about a remake, uh, Fucking Kenny Powers, Danny McBride driving a minivan as as Bandit would be a lot more fitting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, none of the police vehicles in this look like they can do a goddamn thing. There is no there is no point where you're like, oh, man, they're really moving. They all look they all look like absolute junk. Yeah. Agreed. Also, none of them have any quit in them, though. They, (laughs) They all have these vehicles that are. Clearly, I always think of the scene in Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, which is a, a, a phrase no one has ever uttered, where <laughs> Han and Lucas Black's character pass a cop going extremely fast. And he's just like, if you're going such and such speed, they don't even try. None yeah. of these cops got that memo. No, no. But uh, also, this movie really leans into like, oh, cops are constantly just peeing in public. Yeah, that's a thing cops are doing. Is this movie the original A cab? <laughs> We're gonna get into it. This movie does okay. not back the blue. <laughs> I 
to be real. I think that was a Southern thing too. Because let me tell you, my formative years, like ages baby to seven, mm-hmm. I just remember like we were in Texas. We would make these long trips to Mississippi to see my dad's family. I don't remember stopping in a lot of like places with toilets. I remember stopping and my dad being on the side of the road and my mom telling him why I can't do that. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. a girl. And that was never a problem past like age nine. We just stopped somewhere with the toilet. So I'm going to say that's a sudden thing. Okay. Right. It definitely wasn't. My family's weird. <laughs> if that's what you're wondering. Definitely not. That wasn't it. It was Southern. It was cultural. You're right. Yep. Of course. Uh, let's take a quick ad break and then we're going to get back with three up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. Uh, Three up for three things that worked about this movie. I will say I have more than three. We're probably going to be here for a while. But Alex, I'm going to I'm going to leave it to you. What is the biggest thing, the biggest reason that this movie that is just about two guys driving 1800 miles works? Okay, no, don't isolate this audio and use it against me. I am far That's too lazy. Exciting, exciting. I'll do I it. I just, I think in his day, Jerry Reed, like, had a, <laughs> I'm just saying, if I were in the, if I lived in the 70s, would I be feral for Jerry Reed? Who's to say? But probably, I think Jerry Reed's amazing. That is like, not where I thought person. that statement was going. No. No. What did you think it's it was going? So you take Jer- you you Jerry Reed over Burt Reynolds is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. He was like okay. an Atlanta Nashville person. I'm not messing with a Florida guy. People have people have <laughs> multitudes. I only said that because of Ryan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, me and Burt Reynolds get confused for one another a lot. I just think like he just I just think he's so funny and he's. With his dog, and like you have to understand, the South I grew up in was very much like, your dog's okay. important and trucks. Okay. I just love that I cleared the runway for you to give me the thing about this movie that you think works the most, and you of went with things. I'd like to bang Jerry Reed. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just say like you know a beer and some conversation. <laughs> I didn't say bang. Who said bang? You said. Bang. <laughs> I just, I just, you said feral. You said feral. (laughs) 
Yeah, but casually. Okay, casually. Oh, casually. <laughs> Just casually. The Alex Farrell. McDaniel story. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Look, Bert's great, but it would take a lot of shots. Like after, you know, it's like the one margarita song. Like, you know, three margaritas, I will sleep with Burt Reynolds <laughs> in the 70s. I'll do it. So if I had to lead off with what I thought was the thing, the biggest thing that worked about this movie, it would be Burt Reynolds. I don't know how many people could pull this off. He is the coolest person on the planet. It's unbelievable. And like, I don't have an incredible knowledge of who's acting in the seventies. I know of like, let's Burt Reynolds and then everyone in the Godfather, like James Caan in this role is really interesting. <laughs> it's a completely different movie. Sure. He's so angry. Yeah. So pissed. Roger Moore <laughs> as the bandit. <laughs> <laughs> but just in general, you have to have a certain kind of presence to make this work. Harrison Ford could do it. Yeah. I think he's too gruff. I think he's too cranky. Like part of, part of what makes it work is that. That's fair. Burt Reynolds in this role is like always having a good time. Like it's only at the very end when he's like, ah, oh, we're not going to make it like, <laughs> like, but the rest of the time he's just like, yeah, what do what do we got to do? Let's do that. That sounds great. That's I'm going to, I'm going to work. We're, we're running late, but yeah, I'm going to stop and sleep with Sally field in the forest. <laughs> of course. Why would I not? Do I, that? I have some thoughts on that later as, as well. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, what, what worked about this one? What, what, why does this work? Um, I think Jackie Gleason in the villain role is so over the top that you stop caring about all of the things that don't make sense. Like you, you stop the idea that Jackie Gleason is pursuing this car across like five states where he has no jurisdiction. And he was really only doing it to get Sally Field back, to force her to marry his son. Like he is, he is so fun to watch. And like the scene where I think they're in Georgia at this point, and uh, another high, a young like highway patrolman stops him and is like chewing him out, and is like, "You can't drive this piece of shit on my highway." And then, like, Jackie Gleason, like, gives it right back to him. It's just delightful. You know who you're talking to? I happen to be Buford T. Justice, a distinguished officer of over 30 years seniority, one of the most highly respected law enforcement agents in the United States of America. That vehicle happens to be evidence, valuable evidence, that's going to convict a maniac that I've been trying to apprehend and that I have been in high-speed pursuit of for 700 miles. Like, it's it's a nonsense role, but because Jackie Gleason was the person that he was, he could just, like, fill it up with whatever he wanted to do. And it's, it's very fun to watch. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, some Will Ferrell roles where you're just like, oh, you just let this person be as bonkers as they wanted to be. And that's really amusing that I don't even care that like their role in this is total nonsense. Yeah. He's a King in this movie. He is so funny. Yes. And knowing that everything yes. was improvised and knowing that allegedly he was just shit housed on, on vodka the whole time. <laughs> he is, I mean, he makes it go. It's a, it's a combo of 
Reynolds being so cool, calm, and collected, and Jackie Gleason being off his fucking rocker. It's yes, it's it's an incredible it's an incredible pairing. <laughs> and like the fact that he's dragging his son around him through all of this, his adult, his large adult <laughs> son who doesn't. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it it creates. I think it's a good foil. Like Burt Reynolds is a ton of fun to watch, but I think it would have been a little less balanced if you didn't have like the manic energy of Jackie Gleason at the same time. This is the Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader of the South. (laughs) I totally get that joke because I've seen a star war at least, at least one. (laughs) Um, Alex, what else? It's also very funny that they were like, you know, who should play this Texan Jackie, Jackie Gleason. He should do that. (laughs) It's true. Alex, what else works besides the, the musk of Jerry Reed? (laughs) <laughs> I don't wish you had to say much. <laughs> so I think even though like obviously I didn't grow up in Sally Field's heyday although I would argue Mrs. Doubtfire was an incredible piece of work Sally Field is incredible and gorgeous and talented but she also represented like this attainable kind of all-American girl thing and she just wasn't down with the bullshit and I love that about her and I think She's incredible. And we know it was sad because like she was the love of Bert's life and he just let her go. I don't know all the details. I should have like looked that up beforehand, but I think she's wonderful. This movie would be totally different if it were anyone else. Sally feels great. It's the, the camaraderie of everyone in this movie. Uh, Reynolds and Sally field obviously have the chemistry, but Reynolds and Jerry Reed are also, they spend most of the movie just talking to each other on CB radio and they mm-hmm. comes off perfectly. Like they are the best of buds and old friendship. Again, this is like the South's Danny ocean and rusty Ryan. They just know each other like the back of their hand. They know every move that the other is, is doing. And that is always fun to see that. That's a movie trope that always works for me is the two old friends. Alex, what does that look? I just, okay. <laughs> like, Growing up, and again, like my dad spent a lot of time on the road. We would go and meet his family in Mississippi, whatever. Like I grew up thinking two things because I was in his truck a lot. We all were. I thought it was very normal to have a CB radio where you talk to truckers on the road. So that was part of the IMDb trivia that CB radio sales went through the roof, probably between this and the song Convoy and truckers fucking hate it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. (laughs) What was your dad's handle? She won't tell us. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the podcast, I okay, will. Okay, all right, all right. If I say it right now, I'm going to start crying in like a laughing way, but I just can't. Okay. I also, it, at the same time, I thought like, when you're on the road, there aren't restaurants to go to. So you stop at gas stations and you get food. Like, this is all part of my origin story. <laughs> but my dad like we would just be driving and he would pick up his little radio and like talk to truckers on the road and i was like yes very normal very normal things that you do when you're a grown-up and you're driving so again i appreciate it stop looking at me like that guy i mean and i love gas station food so i'm not i've you get nothing from me i want to i want to tell you we might have to delete this but a for the win article about sec the uh, cb radio handles of sec coaches would be quality content 10 of 10 <laughs> would read say i haven't written it 
It's just sitting in drafts for the right moment. That's exactly what we need. Uh, we've yeah. talked about how much the song Eastbound and Down slaps. If we're just talking about uh, CB radio in general, though, the, all the slang is great. Yes. Just I, I, I wish I wish I knew all of that off the top of my head and I could incorporate that into my own own personality, like randomly call people in public a Texas bubblegum machine. That would that would give me great joy. Yeah, you can, you can try it. You can do whatever you want. You're free. <laughs> I believe we believe in you. Yeah, we do. Who has the best uh, who has the best name of all the, the CB radio people? We've got Silver Tongue Devil. Silver the Tongue Devil of the North. Good. Foxy Lady. Um, I like Silver Tongue Devil. Really. Silver Tongue Devil. Like that is, he really, the, is he that the guy really getting ticketed? Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. This had to be, if you're a trucker in this movie, it has to be the best day of your life. Like nothing else will ever top this, how interesting this day was following the bandit in, in this beer run. Yeah, I think that's right. Every other day, it's just like, oh, there's a speed trap on mile marker 39. Watch out, guys. But you get to you get to remember this. Like, I think that I not to jump turns here. The other thing that I think makes this movie work is it. It just does that thing where it says, like, oh, bandit's a legend. And it sort of peppers enough like world building into it that you don't really need any like there's no backstory. There's no like, oh, there's no origin story. It's just like. We say it so, and enough people in the movie agree that it's so, that you're just sort of like, yep, I'll just go with that. That's fine. What do we think he did before? What is he? So he's a legend for these racing his 18 wheeler in a, in a rodeo. What is, I, I, I have questions <laughs> about the opening. I don't, I'm, I, listen, I grew up in Texas. I'm very unfamiliar with the situation that was happening when, the, when Team Enos recruited uh bandit i don't know yeah I, yeah <laughs> sure yeah i don't i don't i don't what those people are watching doesn't it's not just that what those people are watching doesn't seem like that thrilling to watch like 18 wheelers kind of drag race but that at the end when when Bandit and Snowman come through and wreck all of it, everybody's pumped. Nobody's like, oh, man, you ruined the awesome. They're like, <laughs> nope, this is great. So I have to assume this is this falls into that category, which is not exclusively Southern, of people are going this to watch something disastrous happen. Like you are yeah. going this to see like somebody accidentally take a turn too hard and flip an 18 wheel. It's a real nothing yeah. better to do scenario too. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 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 Uh, Alex, anything else that worked about this one that we haven't touched on? Everything. The stopping at the choking puke, the the truck stop, and getting the El Diablo. So very relatable. That is my strikeout for the most head scratching aspect of this movie. In that it's not it. If I'm on a high speed chase and I'm a man who is a little Buford T Justice, not in not in prime shape, and I'm riding, I'm planning on riding this chase out for multiple states, I'm not putting something in my body called an El Diablo when stopping is going to be at, at a minimal. I pulled this off the trivia, uh, which is Diablo sandwich is usually a sloppy Joe, but spicier. There are regional differences, but it's usually made with, and think about this when you're about to start driving at a high speed for nine to 10 hours, ground beef, taco spices, hot sauce, canned corn, and diced tomatoes. In some people, in some places, jalapeno peppers are added served on a hamburger bun. Nine hours 
on on that. All I'm hearing is reminding your body that urgency is the letter is the name of the game. Like that's like yeah. we must catch Bandit before our body's internal timer goes off. Listen, there have been days where this <laughs> back in my youth when we had to hightail it from Memphis to Oxford for a game we were definitely going to lose, like no chance of winning, but we had to get there. And we always stopped in baseball to get like chicken gizzards, mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. some sort of monstrous cheeseburger, because that's just what we did. And we needed sustenance and you just do it. And you're like, you know, you have to we'll stop. figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure um, it out later. Future us will deal with that. There is. Can I bring up one other thing that I think works? Yes. Yeah. So this is a movie that stretches across the American South. And I think, look, I I think Alex will back me up here. One thing Southerners love to do is explain how the South is not all exactly the same, how every state's a little different. And like, you can't just sort of like make it into a monoculture. But for the purposes of this movie, the parts of the South that it's dealing with are like driving, driving, doing a highway drive up or through the South is kind of that way. Like it does all kind of feel the same. And it is sort of like, you know, the relevant part is the part they show in the movie when you get to the state border. And it's like, now I'm no longer in Mississippi. I'm in Alabama. And I appreciated that the movie didn't try to sort of emphasize like, oh, now these are <laughs> Mississippi cops are like this, but Alabama cops, like it doesn't need to do that. And I think it's actually more effective that it's just sort of like, yeah, they're in the South the whole time. And so there are sort of like common elements there. But other than that, like the regional differences don't matter and they don't bother with it. And I actually prefer it that way. Yeah, I like movie. that. I agree too. I only get into like the regional difference stuff when like, Somebody from the Atlantic wants to write about the South. Yeah, they don't count. <laughs> or like, you know, Nashville. So, as- <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So this is this is a good place to stop and say, do do either of you know where this movie premiered? Oh no. No, this was it was, was it at a uh it was at Radio City Music Hall, wasn't it? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. It premiered at Radio City Music Hall and it was not well received. By the New York audience in 1976. I could see that. that. We'll talk about this, but I I do want to. We can just talk about it now because there is a sequel to this movie that that would involve this. How do we think the people of Boston would receive would receive (laughs) Cletus and Bandit (laughs) and Sally Field? I haven't seen the sequel, Uh, and I don't intend to. Neither do I. I went ahead because I knew I wouldn't watch it and read the Wikipedia plot summary. And I can tell you right now, I'm not going to watch it. It does not, but it does not have to be Boston. They tried to, they did the, um, uh, what other movie, what other movie did they, they just basically did the, Hey, why don't we run the same thing back and see if it works? Right, 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 right. Cause like the speed to cruise control is what you're thinking of basically. Like, Part of part of the charm of this movie is like they're driving on dirt roads and they're going in back roads and back routes and oh this bridge is out and it's all it's all country as hell 
Like even the highway is like pretty fucking country compared to what you might think of like a freeway as now. How would that even work in Boston? Like, what is that car chase even? It sounds very. We kind of got robbed of Jerry Reed's song about sitting in traffic. <laughs> Hasn't <laughs> moved half a mile in two hours. <laughs> Just assholes absolutely screaming at Bandit. Yeah. Speaking of the sequels, the first time my family ever went to Orange Beach, which is where we are now, this was like 2002, I think. I was a yeah, I was a junior in high school and my dad was so pumped and he bought like a portable DVD player for us to watch in the back seat of the car. And he's like, I got Smokey and the Bandit for you. I'm like, great. We had a bunch of other movies too, but he didn't. He only had Smokey and the Bandit 3. <laughs> oh, man. I tried so hard. And I, I think, I think I'm right when I like, the first scene is just Buford T. Justice in front of an American flag. Maybe that was two. I don't know. <laughs> like it's like it's Patton or something. He was like singing a song or something, and that starts wow. the whole movie. And I was like, "This is great." Did you guys have a, a strikeout or like the worst thing about this movie? With movies like this, there's rarely there's not there's not anything. It's more just in jest or just some questions that we need to ask. Oh, there's so many, but. Do they it's match? so it's so short. It's hard to come up with a part that like oh it, yeah. I just have more questions about the world that we would never get sure. answered, but I would like <laughs> answered. Buford mentions that he like over thirty years in law enforcement, incredibly respected, a small town of Texarkana, Texas. How many of his cases do we think were legitimately prosecuted over thirty years? <laughs> We know he's racist. The movie establishes that he's racist. Definitely yeah. racist. Uh, not not so, kind to the to the sheriff in was it Arkansas? Yes, uh, yes, that's right. Yes, yes. Um, not that concerned with with actually yeah. upholding the law. I, no, this is a considering the demographic of people who like this movie again, not painting the South in a broad brush, but this is a tough movie to come to grips with. If you've then, if you've spent the last 10 years putting the back, the blue sticker on your, on your car, <laughs> this is really, it's really tough for some of these people to then laugh at me for T justice. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yes. This is, this is the, the current sort of like, uh, debate embroiling country music about Jason Aldean and all that. Yeah. This is like very much what country music used to be, which is like, yeah, go, go get a bunch of beer and drive away from the cops as fast <laughs> as you can. Cause fuck them. That's why that's like, that's Chris Christopherson country music. Yeah. Someone, someone needs to recut that Jason Aldean video, but it's just slow-mo video of B for T justice driving, <laughs> driving with the lights flashing. <laughs> <laughs> Try to run out of a wedding in a small town. Try <laughs> also, isn't there, Ryan, I think you and I talked about this the last time we watched the movie three years ago. Uh-huh. And I can't remember now because I'm just used to it. But isn't there when they're coming back? Yeah, they get from like Texarkana to presumably like DeSoto County, Mississippi, in like two yeah. hours. Yes, very quick. It's very quick. <laughs> it's very yeah, 
And you know what, maybe that's the one thing that doesn't work or that is like a yeah. little bit lackluster is this is a race movie. This yeah. is a movie where it's like you are up against a clock and there is very little set, like occasionally bandit and snowman will like say something about how they're, how they're doing on time or whatever, but like, it doesn't have, it doesn't have like a, it doesn't ever give you a good sense of like, are they going to do this or not? Like, but yeah. when they get to the end and they're one minute late, it's like, it feels almost arbitrary. Yeah. You also, you know, it's going to work. You know that there, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end up with banded and, and handcuffs. True, that's true. But like, there's no way you're making it from Texarkana to Atlanta, and no. it's light outside. So yeah, I, I, uh, it was in the IMDb, or isn't something that I was reading that they would have had to have averaged 65 miles an hour the whole way with not factoring in stops. They have a choke and puke stop. They have a. Uh, sex in the middle of a in a forest stop so that that's 10 to 15 minutes you're never getting this standard on all southern drives yeah, yeah. so yeah. that that's tough i one of the things that doesn't work and this is it's just like bandit spends a lot of time driving at high speeds around the wrong side of the road on a curved road that he's a coin flip away from from this movie ending in in arkansas and it's like crazed driver well this is also like i um i forget where i was reading about this recently but i was reading about like when dui laws came into being and how there was this like big backlash from a lot of people who basically were like this is an infringement of my civil liberties my i should be allowed to drink in my car there's a fucking amazing old news clip of that of people yes yes one of my favorites yes and like, I think, I don't know exactly, maybe I have the timeline off, but I feel like this is a good window into like, oh, this was filmed at a time when like car safety was like a vague suggestion. Yeah. Like, I don't know if Burt Reynolds or um, Sally Field ever put a seatbelt on in this movie. Sally Field at one point is sitting on his lap by the gearbox where yes. that, I mean, instant death. If any, even it's yes. the death if he has to slam on his brakes. Like when they jump the bridge, they should both be ejected from the car in the <laughs> tree and and die on impact. I have a question too. Ralph Nader hates this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's twenty eight hours, right? That's that's how much they get. I see. I don't see a single cup of coffee. The sporadic cigarette. I know Cletus is drinking Coke. N- no performance enhancers for that. If this had happened in in reality. Bandit would have gone through six packs of cigarettes. It would have just been constant and he wouldn't have been able to speak by the last six hours. Road speed is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Just put that on my tombstone. Uh uh (laughs) And that'll be it. Uh No, I agree. I mean, it's like, so that's the thing too, is like my parents had a business where it was an intermodal repair company and still have it. Um, And I've just been around truckers my whole life and there's just no trucker I've ever met that didn't have a way to keep himself awake. Whether it was like road speed or Adderall, which they would ask you for, you know, or cocaine or something. It's just sort of like normal, but the romance of movies, I suppose. Speaking of romance, <laughs> something else that doesn't work. Mm. How bad did they smell when they pulled over to, to consummate this drive? Bandit, because think about it. We get the drive 
from Atlanta to Texarkana. They sum it yeah. up in five minutes max, but it does take nine hours. So that's nine hours in a yeah. car. That's probably another five to seven ish multiple chases. It's a ripe session. I have to assume that Bandit is a heavy cologne user. Oh, for sure. Given given like his style and the time, like I have to assume, like maybe that's how he's staying awake. Is like he starts to get slippy, to just spritz, 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 spritz. <laughs> a little straight up the nose, just to keep it going. Just to, so I bet, Jacar I bet Noir. like yeah, like it's it's some aggressive like old school Old Spice shit, but. Oh, yeah, man. I think I think I think that he's heavily he's a heavily scented man, I suspect. Has to be. Is there anything else that doesn't work or do we want to get into the best scene? I didn't prepare for this. Perfect. No, I'm good. Perfect. I'm good. So picking a best scene in this is challenging. It was challenging to even there are movies where I just write down every scene. But then with this, it's more long sequences and it's how do we split it up into into clear scenes? Um, because like starting an actual scene is when when Team Enos lays down the bet, which is adjusted for inflation four hundred thousand dollars. They bet this man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, actually. Pretty good. Now get the Texarkana and back in twenty eight hours. That's no problem. It ain't never been done before, hot shit. Watch your language, little lady. The problem is that Coors beer. You take that east of Texas, and that's, uh, that's bootlegging. You know, I believe you're just a little bit scared. That's great psychology. Why don't you just say something bad about my mother? Your mama is so ugly. If you make this run for me, now these Peterbilts here are worth $80,000. That comes to about three grand an hour if you make it 28 hours. How about that for a challenge? Dad, I don't believe that that's necessary. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why do you want that beer so bad? Because he's thirsty, dummy. That makes me feel better about things. <laughs> Big Enos, act, definitely a criminal. Like a real, huh. like a real criminal, not just like a, a human trafficker. Like a criminal. criminal. <laughs> like a, a felon. Yeah, probably. That's probably yeah. right. Probably. Yeah. Um, and then it's just all of its driving. Alex, is there a best driving? instance of this movie because the drive to Texarkana like I said takes five minutes we get bandit evading evading the cop we get some CB radio uh we get him running into Sally Field the first getaway from Buford T Justice you know a couple different chases there's just there's a lot and it's hard to distinguish what is there something that jumps out is this maybe even this is the clear best five minutes in this movie for driving just in general, like picking an actual oh, scene oh, is oh, tough. I I think I think the scene at the choke and puke. Yes. Where where they meet, but the sheriff doesn't know that that's like I think that's a really that's a good scene because it stands in stark contrast to the rest of it. I love when he meets Sally Field. I think the dialogue, it's so like kind of 1940s MGM, like. I don't want to get married. Well, I don't either. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yes. Yes. I love the dialogue there. I think it's really cute. Sorry, I don't want to get married. Terrific. That makes two of us. Will you unzip me? Sure. Does this thing move? Oh, yeah. 
And Bandit and Cletus both take that he has picked up a runaway bride hitchhiker in complete stride. Because even like Bandit is the coolest guy in the world, so we'd expect this from him. But even Cletus in the back is like making jokes about what she's wearing and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, uh-huh. we're on this $80,000 job that might end up with both of us thrown in jail, but you picked up a, <laughs> picked up a hitchhiker in a wedding dress. Cool. We're good with that. Which, I mean, how unrealistic, like, men would do that today. You remake this today, and they would joke about that. I also love the scene where he goes to pick him up from his house. And, Mm, you know, and... Ryan, this is much like when we did Speed, and we were talking about how Harry's wife absolutely hates Jack. This is (laughs) Cletus's wife. When when she saw Bandit pull up, she just cursed the world. God damn it. This asshole. It's so good. Um, the driving scene that I find most amusing is the one where I think Sally, yes, yeah, Sally Field is driving at this point. Yes. And they accidentally drive into a football game. <laughs> and they're not really being pursued at this point or not as aggressively as, as some other points. And the, the rule that I like that this movie follows is like, if you're in the car, you must be mashing the pedal at all times. Like the simplest solution when they accidentally drive onto this football field would be to slow the car down and stop. Instead, she continues to gun it through a set of bleachers, like through a crowd, like wildly dangerous bullshit. But that's just how this movie works. We're not hitting the brake pedal for, for pedestrians or high schoolers or anything. Yeah, we're I this movie has so much potential. It has collateral damage, but the just narrowly avoided collateral damage that the limit does not exist. A lot of nimble, a lot of nimble southerners in this movie. When they bust into at the end of the movie when they finally get back to the fair and they bust through the gate, those the two, two dudes got, they waited those extras or stuntmen or whatever it's like they had a bet going of like, okay, who's going to be the first one to, to jump out of the way? And they both waited. It gets uncomfy. You know that yeah. they're not going to get yes. it, but it gets very uncomfy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, Alex, what's your story? I just, okay, I love aggressive driving in general. Yeah. So when I was in college, I dated a NASCAR driver. <laughs> I was waiting to say I dated a truck driver. He looked kind of like Jerry Reed. But the thing is, my car was faster than his. So I drove a Shelby Mustang. Love her. She's still in a garage. I just, you know, you can't put a car seat. Anyway. And my car was faster than his. He had a 350Z. It was respectable. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying. And he would want to drive my car and I wouldn't let him. I'm like, no, I can't trust you. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if you can handle it. Anyway, we didn't last. I'm shocked. <laughs> that that bit of time you lived in New York is the part of you that's saying you can't put a car seat in a Shelby Mustang. <laughs> it's true. It's true, but whatever. Um, oh, boy. I will say my favorite scene, if I'm picking a driving scene, is when it's the convoy of 18-wheelers and they quote slip him into the rocking chair and play a little hide and seek but i think what the movie does really well is they know that eastbound and down slaps they know that song is a fucking heater and they could have peppered it the entire movie they could have just had it any time that he hit the gas they could have played it luckily they had a lot more band eccentric music content to supplement for that 
but they play it when they're driving to Texarkana and then they hold it and hold it and hold it. And then when the convoy comes back, it's like, boom, eastbound and down button. They can see right down into this car, you know that? Well, so what? As well as the love to drive those trucks, darling. Spot those beavers. He's in your mother's womb here, darling. Is that right? Let it all hang out, cause we gotta run to me. The boys are thirsty in Atlanta, and there's beer in Texarkana. And we'll bring it back no matter what it takes. Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound, just watch your bandit run. And they play it again, yeah. and he and he escapes Buford T. Justice, and that I think is my favorite part of of all the drives. Even though there's a ton of great chase scenes in this movie, like the bridge jump, uh, all just everything. It's it's really good. The action in this this movie is full of driving action more than the transporter, more than the. It has more cool driving than the Fast and the Furious, the highest of compliments. I love that. Also, we're gonna isolate the audio clip. <laughs> do we think they ever see any of that money from big enos like does he come back and collect he took the car i mean that is the sequel right like the sequel should tell us doesn't it that i don't I recall so the sequel okay. not to spoil it for anyone who finishes this podcast and was like have to see Smokey the bandit too spoil it. but it it the plot is basically that Claire and Bandit have broken up. Bandit is sad and depressed and drinking heavy. Claire <laughs> is going to marry Junior again, does the same thing, decides to dip out, and there's some sort of, I think, another bet with the Enuses about Bandit. They basically, they do, now I remember, it's the hangover too. They do the exact same thing. They run it exactly, exactly back. Wait, are they both in the sequel? Yes, I think everyone's. I think everyone's back in the sequel, and I think in the third one, maybe Jackie Gleason's back. And yeah, I, and I think, I think he's. I think Jackie Gleason's back towards the end of his life. Um. Yeah. Also, Boston is a thousand miles away, and they have eighteen hours to get back. So you do the <laughs> math, but they literally have to go one hundred ten miles an hour. Um. Okay. Best quote in this movie. There's a lot. Most of them belong to Buford T. Justice. Is there a go-to for you, Alex? Yeah, but it's silly. It's not like... Okay. I love the line where she talks about his profile, and he's like, so we agree. We both like the... We both like one half of my face. It's a good line. It's a good line. That's smooth. I I wouldn't have that in the bag if I had picked up a stranger in the car. I'm not saying it's the best line. I'm saying I love that line. Don't come for me, Patreon. Ryan? I really like and I'm going to fuck it up. When you tell somebody something, it depends on which part of the U.S. you're standing in as to how dumb you are. I like like I liked that little moment where he's like, you think I'm like this like uncultured hick because I don't know about Broadway shows or and I don't like Elton John. But I have all this culture that you don't know anything about. And so here, you're the one who looks like uncultured and uncivilized. I thought that was like a good little, 
like I was a, a surprising little like poignant line in a movie that otherwise is not interesting. <laughs> it's yeah. like that. Y'all picked like smart witty stuff. The thing that I wrote a bunch down, the thing that cracked me up, Ryan, you mentioned the scene earlier when he's chewing out the cop about his car as evidence. But he says the thing when he when the cop is swearing, he says, I happen to have my young son in the car. his grown his grown his grown adult his large adult son in the car um he also uh i think he's going back and forth with bandit or someone and someone i I think it's bandit tells buford that it's not germane to the situation and he says the goddamn germans got nothing to do with it that's right they knew how to appeal to a southern audience in the 1970s that's the way to do it. Uh, um, I also like when Bandit blows through one of the uh, roadblocks, and like the one cop is like, "Did you see that? He blew right through." And Jackie Gleason goes, "You some bitches couldn't <laughs> close an umbrella." <laughs> I think "some bitch" is such a powerful insult. Yes, yes so agree. powerful. Yeah, it it might just be it might just be the word "some bitch" is the best quote. We also we didn't we didn't touch on the most I would say the most famous quote is what we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. That's that's yeah. the chalk choice. It's twenty twenty three. We're over it. <laughs> <laughs> for most ath- for most athletic moment, I have a least athletic moment. That is Buford T, T. Justice kicking those car vandals with the like the authority of a sponge is mm-hmm. Jackie Gleason hasn't used his body to physically harm someone in quite some time. Correct. It's like and, Robert and De Niro's like, kicks in the Irishman. And let's be honest, that character, the move, especially in the seventies would have been take out your nightstick or your belly club ball tap. That's how it would have happened. It would not have been a knee. It would have been with an, a blunt instrument of some sort. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know if there's an athletic moment in this in this movie. Maybe those guys who got out of the way right at the end before the 18 yeah. storm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. So with that, let's let's move to the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. Who would you say is in it too much? Again, it's very short and there aren't that many characters. No. It's really hard to come up with somebody who's in it too much. I think it'd be Bandit's in it too much, Jackie Gleason's in it too much, Cletus is in it too much, and Sally Field is in it too much. Oh, right. Sorry, sorry. I mean, like, it's hard. Uh, it's hard for me to think of somebody who's uh, who qualifies as like. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. Yeah. There's Big and Little Enos. Yeah. There's Fred the dog. Yeah. There's Junior, who, by the way, played linebacker at USC and in the NFL. He's a big yeah. boy. Big, big dude. Mike Henry. Nice. Um, They're all named Mike Henry. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> They're all named Mike Henry. It's true. I would say it's Team Enos if we're just talking screen, making the most of your screen time. Sure. Two scenes. That's that's pretty good. That's yeah. uh, there's or Fred the dog. Fred the dog is great. Fred the dog gets to go swimming. I, I you're probably right that it's big and little Enos because they are extremely memorable considering how little they do in this like it's a good it's 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 almost like a bond film caricature or something but like 
Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty solid. I would like to know what he does for his money. <laughs> I'd be very interested. Classic Southern story. <laughs> what if he's just like? What if he's just an accountant? He's the town CPA. You think so? The no, only I person think... who can do taxes. No, he can think... old money. Yeah, I, I was gonna say Alex is hinting at the true answer here, which is it's inherited. Like he hasn't necessarily done something unsavory, but. Was his family a large slaveholding group? <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. It's like Big Enos is not interested in reparations. Not no. one bit. No, no. Couldn't be less interested. Um, okay, new category. This one is, is a couple episodes old, as suggested by our Patreon group. Defend the villain. Ryan, you're a lawyer, so you could actually get in the box and defend, defend Buford T. Justice. I mean... I, I think so. This goes back to the scene with the other statey that where he's chewing him out and explaining, like, this car is evidence. Like, that part's a little bit bullshit. But <laughs> the part where it's like, the, the part where he's like, he has, he has endangered the lives of dozens of police officers. He's also endangered the lives of like, countless you know ordinary citizens as well like if you this is a movie that if you recut it in a different way and like change the music you could easily make burt burt reynolds the villain where it's like he is terrorizing small southern towns and like tearing up high school football games like what's um what's the stephen king movie about the car that's possessed is that christine i think or maybe it's a book. It doesn't matter. Like you could, if you like cut this with like horror film music, you could be like, oh, this this red shirted man is the devil in his Trans Am wreaking havoc across the American South. And Buford T. Justice is the only thing trying to like save us from him. He'd be El Bandito in that, in that. Yes. <laughs> in that. <record>. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think. I think that's the I think that's the best defense is that I mean he is bandit is a felon. How many crimes does but he But none commit? of the cops none of the cops really know what his true felony is though. Like that's, nobody really understands what's going on here. Yeah. He's just he's just he's just speeding mostly. Buford does a very bad job of relaying it. Um okay. The Peter Gallagher Award for the hottest person in this movie. Caroline didn't text you back, did she? Well, <laughs> she has not seen it. Okay. okay. However. Yeah. However. Well, she has not seen it. You took us about some things. All right. First this of all. This is the best moment of my life. First of all, I want to congratulate Alex and I for being right about the bet that Caroline has never seen this I heard movie. you guys were talking about Burt Reynolds, and I was like, I need to get in on this. I have thoughts. Essentially. No, I see that. I, I wasn't sure if you guys would be able to see her in the waiting room, so I no. sent her the link a while ago, and I was like, I'm going to tell amount, you when to tap the it. The amount of side texting that, that has happened while you guys were recording with me inundating Alex with Girl. a billion messages, and then Ryan being like, what are you messaging Alex? And then me telling him, and then seeing immediately Alex put on the do not disturb, and I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> 
I have no microphone. So it was dinging while we were recording. So I was like, let me turn on my do not disturb. I wasn't. I figured that was the case. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. And I didn't realize you. And then uh, Ryan was like, we're recording with Kyle. And I sent the meme, the SpongeBob meme of like (laughs) looking out the window at them, like skipping. (laughs) (laughs) And then Kyle texted me and asked if I had seen this movie. And I was like, I have not. But then you, you said something know. about Burt Reynolds, and I was like, mm. good, because I want to tap you in for Peter Gallagher. You should know. If you had said yes, you would have been added to the podcast immediately. Yeah, oh, I know. We were texting you during ad break, and we were just going to come back with you. With you and <laughs> we found right. a stranger outside. <laughs> Someone was ran- randomly walking by and decided to stop in. Hey, folks. So, so if we're talking about the the Peter Gallagher word for the hottest person in this movie, I'm curious, Caroline, if you haven't seen this movie, yeah, what is Burt Reynolds to you? Um, I have learned recently from watching Narcos, season one of Narcos, <laughs> that apparently I'm very into this aesthetic that is Pedro Pascal in Narcos, which is essentially the spiritual child of Burt Reynolds from this exact time frame. Sure. Uh, and that's an interesting revelation for me. Okay, personally. but Caroline, do you know what team he supported in his life? No. This is why I love him. Oh, Ryan. I forgot oh, no. about this. Burt Reynolds? Ryan? Yeah, yeah, Ryan. What was Burt Reynolds' favorite team? Like, college. He didn't He didn't even, it's not just that he supported, he played for Florida State. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And correct me, wasn't his roommate Lee, Lee Corso. Corso? Correct. Yes. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. Time out. Time out. There is zero percent chance that those men are the same age. Well, Burt yeah. Reynolds is dead, so he's yeah. not any age anymore. But... No age. But like, okay, he died. <laughs> All right. Well, bad news, everybody. This is where Caroline learned that Burt Reynolds died like eight years ago. Yesterday, Caroline was in the group chat just railing on Florida State and saying, I only think about them four times a year. It's been like seven in the last 12 hours. Caroline took a lot of offense to Florida State saying they'd made the the ACC. I was like, what are we talking like? Yeah, girl, what have you done for me lately, folks? And everyone's like, well, we still get viewers. And I was like, they probably are tuning in to see what directional university you're losing to this week. Like, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please uh, don't come for me. He, he, he was, yeah, Burt Reynolds and Lee Corso were roommates. They, they, there is an age difference, but yeah. Wow. Man. Yeah. How old was he when he died? Burt Reynolds? Yeah. I think he was, I want to say he was in his 80s. Kyle, you got all this on video, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 There's a part uh, of me now that's like, maybe I do remember this. But to yeah, me, he was, it, he was 82. I don't, I can't even picture him being that old. Like, at any point. That's like, you know I mean, he just. He, Caroline, to- tomorrow you need to write a eulogy for Burt Reynolds. And <laughs> Bad news, guys. This is going to ruin everything. <laughs> I just found out. Book tomorrow. Do it tonight. Just post it. Why is he today posting about the memoriam of Burt Reynolds? <laughs> Breaking. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. 
Reynolds passes. Look, we just really wanted to confirm it, okay? <laughs> in 2012. Unlike the failing New York Times, we get sources. <laughs> I'm going to get a call from Nate at like 6 a.m. <laughs> just just let it like, happen. Yeah, the call's going to be like, holy shit, the traffic's going insane. But it's <laughs> Reynolds post. He'll be so happy. Just do it. Just do it. Don't worry about it. Oh. Well, you know. God, this, this is worked out. With the fact. This has worked out <laughs> yes. better than I could have thought. Than I ever could have thought. could not have scripted this. I could not have scripted. You know that the panic on my face when you said, like, you know who his team was, was me thinking you were going to tell me that it was Virginia Attack, and I was panicking. No, like, I, I didn't yeah. want to give too much away. I was like, you know, he had a training, like, sort of. You know? Yeah. I yeah. do. Now that all of this has been said, this is ringing a bell. This is all <laughs> 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 sounds familiar. Oh my god! Please tell me you have the video, guys. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> Caroline, I think you have my Amazon login, and I have this. I have smoking the banner on Amazon. You should just live blog watching Smokey and the Bandit while mourning Burt Reynolds and just walk through. Or I get emotions. back to Virginia on Sunday. I'll just drive to Charlottesville. We'll do this together. There you go. There you go. We both wear black. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like civil news? Civil War widows watching Burt just, Reynolds. With like a veil, one of those black veils, and put like pictures of him framed with like yeah. little oh. candles. Oh my god! Oh, incredible! Oh, nailed it! Absolutely crushed it! Super hot in this movie, though. He looks super great. Super hot, <laughs> like <laughs> you now good looking. You should know your colleague and close friend Alex McDaniel said. She would need three margaritas to sleep with Burt Reynolds in the 70s. Did she sing the song though? <laughs> she she brought up the song. Yes. Is this now the scale that we're going to use on this on the show? <laughs> only for only for how Alex. many margaritas? Only for me. How many margaritas? It's cool. I'm cool. Caroline, when we opened when we opened, what worked in this movie? I gave it to Alex to start off. I was like, Alex, what worked about this movie? She could have picked anything. How cool Burt Reynolds is, all the driving scenes, whatever. How cool the car is. How cool the car is, anything. And she went with being attracted to Jerry Reed. <laughs> Country music singer Jerry Reed. Leave me alone. Now, now hold on. Now, His Caroline, name is Cletus in this movie? Caroline, do you know what Jerry Reed looks like in this movie? <laughs> Just from... Please, please Google image search Jerry Reed, <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit, and and to give us your honest reaction on how fair. on how smoochable this man appears to be. <laughs> this is the first thing you said. Look. Snowman, Cletus Snow. <laughs> Well, thank God he made it to the sequels. This, this leathery string bean truck. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a sweet vest, though. I do like a vest. Okay, my question is, what about my track record tells you I do any differently? <laughs> I forgot about how much Caroline loves tweed. <laughs> oh, man. Tweed. Oh, my word. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, well, so I do think... I do think generally, like looking at pictures of like Bandit, which I recently learned was his character's name in this movie. Um, 
because he would be, you know, the titular. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, you should know, this is not Smokey that we're looking yeah, at. No, yeah. no, 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 of course not. Um, I think it's just because it's the spiritual, like, connection to how I feel about Pedro Pascal now. Naturally. I don't sure. know if that... And there's, like, like Tom, <laughs> Tom Selleck and Magnum yes. P.I. is kind of, yeah. like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the bridge between these in some ways. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The vibes are, are there. Good job. Good job, Alex. <laughs> 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 um, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Caroline, you can't speak to this because you haven't seen the movie, but I, I just do want to take this time since we are on this when category does that stop me? to shout out that Sally Field in this movie, I was blown away. Amazing. Blown away. Yeah. She is. I, I, I get it. Was she the one who had the Oscar speech? Like, you really yes. like me? Yes. You guys? Yeah. Yes. So, I'm, yes. so I'm listening to that now and I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, Sally. She's, she's also just very charming. Extremely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's Extremely. real cute. Um, I can good tell hair, you that's a pretty good haircut for '77. Yes, I can tell you who I think Caroline's Peter Gallagher pick would have been had she seen this. I movie. know where you're going with this. I think it's Junior. A hundred percent. Okay. okay. Is that the one that looks very muscular okay. in the IMDb page? <laughs> that is that is him. He played. He yes. was in the, uh, the TV show Tarzan. Oh, hello, sir. Well, the picture, the still on the wall. Caroline, I've got bad news about Mike Henry, also dead. <laughs> he died two years ago. Caroline's <laughs> lost so much tonight. <laughs> there was actually IMDb trivia about this, that the only living main characters are Sally Field and Little Enos. Everyone else is dead. Jackie Gleason's dead? Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, this has been a tough night, and I feel like Ryan's mocking me at this point. I like how all of us have just adopted his way of speaking because whenever we feel sort of defensive, we're like, listen, listen, listen. Caroline, I think you should just stay on for the rest of the show. We're not really going to spoil anything, anyways. This isn't a very spoilable movie. I don't want to find out who Smokey is. That's what I'm going to watch for. Wait, 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 wait. Who do you think Smokey is? Yeah, who do you think Smokey is? Smokey and the bandit, right? It's an and. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wait, Smokey on the bandit. In the band. <laughs> That's the porn parody. Smokey on the band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Caroline, so you know you know Burt Reynolds is in it. You know there's a character named Cletus Snowman Snowman that, Snow. You know Sally Alex Fields loves. in it, and you know yeah. it's titled Smokey and the Bandit. What do you think this movie is about? What do you think the um, plot is in like three sentences? I think that the bandit is a lovable uh, ruffian who has gotten into some some sort of low level criminal activity that is trying to escape the law, uh, and. He either already knew Sally Field or meets her along the way, and they form a little love-hate connection where she can't stand him at first, but then falls for his charms because he got that mustache. Uh, and is Smokey the car? <laughs> that is such. You're doing so. Good. That's, that's really good. No, that's a really good guess. That's a like a you you almost completely nailed it. Like there's the love hate thing isn't really there. They almost yeah. immediately are like, oh, we're into each other. Okay, <laughs> cool. That's fair. 
I was um, going to Hallmark in that where it's like they have to have some tension no, first. Right, or what's the right. point? They're going but, to talk. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, that's like a very good summary. Yeah. Uh, that's really is not good. Smokey is, Smokey is not the car. car. Okay. Really well, fine. Well, I mean, you know, it's a car. <laughs> what, are you, Caroline, what are you talking about? You need to you need to watch this within the next week. <laughs> In the next week, okay. It's like ninety-eight minutes. Like, I'll love that. It flies, yeah. and it yeah, flies. Love that. You'll, you'll be if you start it as soon as we're done. <laughs> you have enough time to watch it and then go to bed. Okay. Can I can I watch it and get my Duolingo done? <laughs> Probably yes. I have one more one more thing I want. Okay. Can you imagine I mean, Buford I'm... T. Justice doing Duolingo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you that the low-level criminal. Uh, enterprise yeah. involves smuggling, smuggling okay. a truckload of something. What is the something? Oh, I love this. Can I get a location of the film? Like a just Absol- general region. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the smuggling <laughs> is a, it's a, it's a timed smuggle where okay. they have to get from Texarkana. They have, they're starting in Georgia. They have to get from Georgia to Texarkana back to Georgia within let's call it 24 hours. It's less than that, but the time is not that like it, it's important. That's a short amount of time, but the exact time is not. So it's point. not like human organs. They're not like helping people. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Correct. yes. The low level criminal activity is not child kidneys. <laughs> They're not stealing livers. Okay. Uh, just had to make sure. There's not um, a scene where Burt Reynolds leaves Sally Field in a bathtub full of ice. <laughs> Okay, think about it. it's the seventies in the south. I think that's it's, not going to um, help her at all. No, it's not. It's not liquor. Oh, oh, it Was is it moonshine. No, no, no. like liquor. Um, no. alcohol. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 Coors beer. Is it? Yes. Stop. No, it's not. Yes, it yeah. is a hundred percent. 400 100%. cases of Coors beer. 400 cases of Coors it's beer. bootlegging. If you That's just... incredible. Okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah, All so right. it, it is illegal to bring Coors from Texas to Georgia at that point. At that because point. Because they couldn't, like, they couldn't, what was it? They couldn't pass. It, like, couldn't, it, it was too perishable or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was unpasteurized. Yeah. So it was fucking, F, fucking FDA ruining everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Perfect. worst. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Okay. You would. I think you would like this movie. True. Oh, I, Caroline, I think you would love this movie. Yeah. I think this would become an instant classic for you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna drive to her house next week. It's my Perfect. last week of summer. I will drive there and make you watch it. Perfect. She's, by the time she arrives, she's gonna be so tired. <laughs> so tired. <laughs> I've had a really long journey. <laughs> Alex. Alex is gonna get there, and she's gonna see. Caroline's the lighting candles in the shrine to Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Wait, are you, I need sorry, to... are you sitting Shiva for Burt Reynolds? <laughs> it's me a week, a week of honoring his life. Uh, Just watching Burt Reynolds and Burt Reynolds adjacent movies. We'll do that and then Cannonball Run. <laughs> old yeah. old episodes of Perfect. College uh, Game Day shade. for his roommate. <laughs> We're gonna do an evening shade binge a thon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so this, I, to move it along, but this, so this category, Caroline, I don't think I've told you about this yet because this is new. Patron Dan McFall suggested this, and I messaged him right away and said, "This is fucking genius." 
make a drinking game for this movie. So moving forward, we're doing this for every movie. So it's got to be, you have to have cores. Like there's a, there's a, there's I think you, I think you have to drink a, I think a simple game is drink a cores for every cop car that gets wrecked. Wait, take a drink or drink a course. Drink a course. That is. Ooh, that's a, that's a, do you want, do you want to party or not? Man? I mean, I want to party, but I want to live. <laughs> do you want to party? L I V I N living. <laughs> Caroline's now seen days and confused. So she knows what that's from. Take, make a bunch of days and confused jokes now. All right. How about, yeah. Okay. Fine. It can just, it can just be have take a drink every time a cop car gets. Wrecked. I think it's take a drink every time they talk on a CB radio. Ooh. I would have wrecked my childhood. Yeah. That's a lot. Because <laughs> I think it, there's a lot of casual conversation on the CB as well. Like every time they say goddamn or some bitch, mm-hmm. you very drunk, very you, quickly. You shotgun a beer every time Eastbound and Down plays. Because that seems like the natural reaction to that song anyways. How many times does it play? I think two to three. Oh, oh I, th- I feel like it's more than that. I feel Maybe. like it's, it's, it's the boomer center of this movie. <laughs> Oh man, um, Boomer! Can I just make a comment? Every time I hear Boomer, <laughs> I think of when they were in the College World Series like seven years ago, and Roger Sherman was like, "They really should have hit that Boomer sooner." <laughs> it's the funniest tweet I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, best time, worst time. I think actually, I think this Caroline. Who do you think had the best time? In this movie, uh, my go-to answer is always Burt Reynolds. Does Correct. he ever have a bad time? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Like, I feel like Correct. he just has the best time. Has and best whatever, time. Um, like, sheriff's deputy was in charge of stopping him had the worst. Pretty time. close. Pretty yeah. close. <laughs> Pretty close. Or the yeah. person that he took the beer from. Was it a stolen beer run, or was this like a plan? Like you know what? That's kind of unclear. Like in theory, they're paying for the beer, but you never see that you transaction. Never really. Yeah. And there's also a scene where there's a scene where Burt Reynolds like clumsily drives a forklift into a, a like a stack of beer boxes and just leaves it behind, and nobody is like, well, he does say like they'll bill Big Enos for it, but. Yeah, it's Caroline, little, he has been he has been Are challenged you? by a father-son duo who go Are by, they okay, hold on. Are I, they father and son? Are they I, father and son? I think they are father and son, are they not? They're big and little, but that could be brothers. <laughs> then I have a lot of questions. Are they lovers? Oh. Let's just put <laughs> it out there. Let's just put it on the table. <laughs> No, oh, are they yeah, in no. the bandit or on the bandit? According to Wikipedia, <laughs> it says wealthy Texan Big Enos Burdett and his son Little Enos. I'm sorry, the names are Enos? Yeah. yeah. E-N-O-S. You're like, can I just tell you, Virginia is sort of the South, but I need to oh, bring boy. you to the real South. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought we were going to leave this part in the podcast that she wasn't on, but that's fine. <laughs> Like, it's not that it's not the South, but I need to bring you to the South where people are named Enos. <laughs> also, fair. to be clear, in the that's porn fair. parody, in the porn parody, Smokey on the Bandit, they're big penis and little penis. Yeah. Like, that's just too easy. That's right there. It's true. Yeah. Um, I w- speaking of names, when we were watching it last night, I pointed out to Jacqueline, I was like, the name Buford is kind of lost to time. 
And she went and looked, and Buford was actually most popular in 1910 when a whopping 63 people were named Buford. So Buford has actually just never been in in time. Buford is is very very slim, well, very slim name. We'll bring it back. Bring back Buford. <laughs> um, <laughs> worst worst day in this movie is Junior, right? Yeah. So it's probably I don't. He gets left at the altar. His dad is mean to him the whole time. The whole time. Is he smart enough to realize that he had a bad time, though? I think he's just kind okay, of along for the ride. Fair. Maybe so. Maybe so. I'm envious of those people. It's, it's, the, it's the great Gatsby thing where she's like, I hope my daughter is just a beautiful idiot. He's just kind of a beautiful idiot. That's true. He's just that's here true. for the ride. Oh, that's Tarzan. That's Tarzan. That's Tarzan. Yes. That's, that's our big beautiful idiot. beautiful fool. Right? Beautiful fool. Yeah, so he's a beautiful mm. fool. This is a beautiful mm-hmm. idiot. F. Scott Fitzgerald writing beautiful idiot. Really idiot. He <laughs> <laughs> was a real pretty idiot. Fucking dumbasses against the tide. <laughs> a pretty idiot. <laughs> um, like, yeah. Finishes writing. He's like, nailed it. I think every cop below Zelda! The- <laughs> Lasagna! I think uh, every cop below the Mason-Dixon line has a bad time in this movie. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, they're up there. I'm sorry, I did not sign up for a Zelda Fitzgerald joke. <laughs> <laughs> I need a minute to recover. We have levels. We have layers. We all get a Zelda Fitzgerald joke, but also I didn't know that Burt Reynolds died. So really, you have to be very smart to be this dumb. <laughs> Caroline and I are in charge of USA Today's most successful blog. It's fine. It's fine. Wait till you see Everybody's my shark fine. content coming up tomorrow. <laughs> This is, I was telling, I was telling Jacqueline the other night that I just, I think there needs to be an episode of this podcast where it's just Alex and Caroline. I'm not on it at all. And then I edit it and I just have to listen to what happened. It's not even a topic. It's just complete nonsense. Most downloaded. Earlier today, Caroline comes up with a great idea. She's like, what if I just ranked shark movies? And I'm like, hmm. This is the oh, Meg 2 is coming out. I'm like, but let's let's punch it up. What if you went with short movies that aren't really about sharks? <laughs> like okay. like shark movies. Like West Side Story. <laughs> sure. Yep. It's gonna yep. be Did you include any given Sunday? I was gonna say any given Sunday. That was sharks. thrown out there. The exactly. Miami yeah. Sharks. Uh, the I might movie. throw some <laughs> Shark Boy and Lava Girl in there. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Kyle. Suicide Squad. That's a shark movie. Yeah. Yeah. It has a, the Meg 2 has a 0% right now. I can't wait. Nothing has made me want to see it more than it having a 0%. I've never seen anything have a 0%. Those, though, our lovely writer, Corey, who helps me with a lot of pop culture stuff, along with a lot of other things was like yeah i've heard it's boring though and i was like how do you make a movie about a giant shark and make it boring is jason statham That's also jason- in this one yes oh yeah. anyway love that mm. um Woo. okay so for the here's the thing the keith morrison dateline episode from this movie 
Caroline, do you just want to take a run at this? What it, what it would be? Go for it, Caroline. Since we have you here, this category since, is, since is here, more is... difficult when you are not here. Because <laughs> everyone's like, why do we have this stupid category? Do you skip it when there's like legitimate guests that aren't me? <laughs> well, I mean, we just kind of throw it out there. It's like what? Like the last time we had to do it, I think was Angels in the Outfield. And we were just we were just trying to figure out what the Dateline episode would be from that. But no one does the Keith Morrison impression like you do. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I, I just have to take a second to. And ladies and gentlemen, here's Keith Morrison. <laughs> and here's, oh, my gosh. Keith Morrison's here. <laughs> he thought it was going to be a normal Friday morning. But instead, journey took him across the southern united states on a trip he never thought would go the way it did we wouldn't believe the amount of mayhem and turmoil the lives lost on the interstate and for what could it just be cause light Light that's good good. um okay Hmm. roster moves for which character should be Air Bud? I think there's an obvious Junior. answer here. There is a dog. There is a dog in the movie. That's so. That's Cletus should be Air Bud. So it's just Air Bud oh. and his dog Fred driving, <laughs> <laughs> driving this eighteen wheeler. You're taking away Alex's chief romantic interest. So, wait, Alex, isn't it the John Mulaney thing about like basically that's like getting a horse to babysit a dog mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. when you have like a 13 year old babysit a 10 year old? We were yeah, dogs that's... without horses. Like, the numbers on was... the fridge, and you are a horse. <laughs> Airbud, Airbud should just be like a random cop in a random highway <laughs> patrol day. like it's not even stuff. acknowledged just like wait yeah. a second was that alabama state patrolman a fucking dog <laughs> was that a golden retriever <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> was he driving yeah. <laughs> there are two there are two better choices hear me okay. out okay um one what if Airbud is big enus and everybody is wearing it. that suit and dishing <laughs> and, out this this wager, and bossing bossing this smaller man around, and saying, "Give <laughs> <Yeah>. the money." <laughs> yeah. And then the obvious: what if Airbud is Buford T. Justice? And we have oh, Airbud barking too the line. Too, uh, what, you want Airbud to be racist? It, well, listen, wow, listen, wow, but. It makes the line, if Airbud barks the line, get off of there, you schnauzer's dick. It makes it much better because it's a dog joke now. I hope that the tagline for this one is like, wow, you want Airbud to be racist? <laughs> a lot of things. Ooh, we can I'm leaning this. towards Big Enos now that I've seen a picture of this man. Caroline, do not watch this movie until I watch. But here's what we're going to do next week. I'm coming to Charlotte's I will watch your Top Gun movie thing. <laughs> movie wow. thing. A You're trade has watch. been made. <laughs> a pact has been formed. You're going to yes. watch Smoking the Bandit. Love we this. Will. Is, is anyone giving up future unprotected first round picks? Or is that just a clean swap? <laughs> just a clean trade. <laughs> just a straight. Yeah. That's just a straight trade. In the way that Top Gun uh, encouraged lots of young men to <laughs> sign up for the Navy. 
And women, as evidenced by <laughs> No, Top Gun wasn't my influence, but that's okay. Right. There I probably knew, were a lot. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Smokey and the Bandit encouraged lots of young Southern men to be absentee fathers. So. God damn it, Ryan. Because <laughs> <laughs> to, to be clear... The person that Alex thinks is the sexiest in this movie is the man who abandons his wife with their eight children. Oh my goodness. And they're go on all this run. Young. They go are on this run. I never said that. You I did. I didn't say okay. He never gets the okay, right? He just walks out. No, There's no. never a conversation please, about it. Please edit that with I never said that. And then do the like. A few moments ago, and it's Alex. <laughs> He's it the hottest. Out. I would like to smooch him. He said, she said she would go feral for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Like, it's Burt Reynolds is walking away from nothing. Burt Reynolds has nothing going on. For him to hit the road is not a big deal. But Jerry Reed is a father, god damn it. He plucks this man out of a house with Eight kids younger than oh, five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It was the yeah. 70s. <laughs> when men, when men could just Everyone's freely dad leave. sucked. <laughs> no one's dad was around in the 70s. <laughs> they didn't even have seatbelts. <laughs> Caroline gets another part about this movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, she should have replaced me. <laughs> Caroline has recapped this movie better than the three of us who actually I know. watched. <laughs> oh my really god! Really good at context clues. <laughs> this is like watching a British detective show where you're like, "Wow, she's figured everything out." Like, to, like based on the wind trajectory. <laughs> And based I on, those based on Enos being spelled with four letters. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh, anyway. The Big Chill, there's not one. I think we could just skip that. There's, this is not that kind of movie. Yeah. Um, For Alex, it was when that guy showed up, I guess. <laughs> Again, um, this is the... This was the first thing she said made the movie work. It worked one. for you. We weren't. We yeah, weren't. I was just saying, let's get it out of the way. Um, <laughs> it wasn't like item seven. We're kind no, of like anything no. else that worked. <laughs> nope, no, it was. It was the first. I, I literally said, Alex, I will clear the runway for you. Anything you want. <laughs> She had to take it before Ryan did. Best, That's fair. The best part was she does it, and, and now we're getting super meta because people have already listened to this part. She uh, did it in this way where you're like, oh, clearly she's about to talk about That's Burt what Reynolds. I thought, too, because I was just like nodding my head like, yeah, Burt Reynolds. Yep. Anyway, anyway, it's fine. It's fine. We should do more episodes where we just tap someone in at the end and tell them how it went. <laughs> There's a movie that I always that was so bad with that where it's like, yeah, we just saw that. Like, I get it. Like, they were doing flashbacks to earlier in the movie. We're like, yeah, no, we were here. We saw that. I should do this with Top Gun Maverick before I see it. If you're, oh yeah, 
If you're still listening to this episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Hey, so I feel like a bunch of people listen to us buy buy me Kenny Loggins tickets, and if they stuck <laughs> that's it a through good point. for that, like really, yeah, that's true. Just that has good payoff. By the way, um, I did go. I mean, I think everyone except Ryan maybe knows this anyway. But I, this is there's a point for to me bringing this up this time. Um, my, my sister and I went to see Top Gun again on Sunday because it was playing at the Alamo. <laughs> As we're sitting there and the like thing, they're doing like the intro, um, like real the twenty minutes before like the preview start. Um, Megan was like, "Oh, um, Top Gun was put on some streaming thing or whatever," and she's like, "I finally watched the first one." <laughs> she's like, "Wasn't very good." I didn't like it either, honestly. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's not great." I mean, it's good. Like, it's like, I mean, I love it, but it's not, I was like, it's more of like a romance. She's like, it's, and then I thought she was going to get us kicked out of the theater because he jumped down from the window and I was like, he's still in those wet, like crusty jeans like from playing the football thing. And I was like, oh, well, oh man. Yeah. I just love that. She's like, I watched the first one. I did. That was, it was a different time. Yeah. You wouldn't understand. God. (laughs) Different time. Volleyball was much bigger then. Volleyball was huge. There was a whole movie. It was called Side Out. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Last category. Before more restore, prequel, sequel, or remake, we obviously have two sequels. Neither good. Um, There are two ways we can take this. A quick pause for commercials. (laughs) <laughs> this, this is the best this is the best ending for the show we should, much much like much like a police officer running their cruiser off a bridge we've lost ryan okay we remake it with Dave mcbride and walton goggins but Here. but they're driving a van it's got to be the minivan because caroline we pointed out if we're, we're just recapping everything on the imdb trivia yeah um a 1977 pontiac trans am which was is the bandit mobile had at most 220 horsepower and a top speed of only 110 miles an hour. A 2019 Toyota Sienna minivan has 296 horsepower and a top speed of 115 miles an hour. Love it. So, um, I, but I, I think it's. But I will them say, I, I, I do think we need. I mean, this is it's just Pedro Pascal. Just give him the same. Just put the character from Narcos right smack dab in the middle of this. Alex, it's kind of interesting that this movie hasn't been touched. They're, they did like a TV thing earlier in the 90s, and it hasn't been touched basically for 30 years. It's coming. I'm but sure. It's going to have to be in the hands of a Southerner. It's going to have to be Danny or Walton. So, or... Someone from Virginia. <laughs> I said a Southerner. <laughs> My worry is someone will try to do a serious version of this movie. Oh, no. No one will let that happen. I hope but also, not. Danny and Walton need to get on it. We need to fix it. Or Glenn. Glenn's a southerner. He would be a really good bandit. He's got he could do the vibe because we've seen him do the stash and everybody wants some. He has cool, calm, and collected down. He he's a little more neurotic than Burt Reynolds. (laughs) Walton Goggins is Buford T. Justice, though, would be perfect. Uh, I'm in for this and let the record reflect that I was not the one that came up with this this time. I did. Because I'm an advocate for Caroline's happiness. <laughs> Put him in everything. We need to have a Glenn Powell jingle that I can play over every time he gets mentioned. Like what? what... Girl dinner. Girl dinner. Glenn Powell. Oh, God. Well, 
out, Kyle. We're done. <laughs> yeah, this is. I, I think it's time to call it. Uh, this was great, Alex. Tell the folks where they can follow you. For the win, <laughs> you can follow me anywhere. Like, whatever. Caroline, Better. tell the people what's going on at hey. For the Water Cooler. <laughs> it's such a great time doing. Yeah, every uh, week for the Water Cooler. Um, super fun this week we had um amanda mull on to talk about seinfeld and had a great time so uh check that out otherwise check, head over to for the win for the, all the content and you can find me on all of the social medias which are expanding ever forever and ever um you can likely find there. caroline live tweeting smoking the bandit in this yeah, week, coming soon <laughs> which will be a good time uh if you enjoyed this episode of big screen sports subscribe wherever you get your podcast a we have a great slate in august a lot of good things coming the the patreon group has voted in some classics the one i'm going to give away is we're, we're going to be doing the hunt for red october uh possibly some folks who are on this zoom and we're just possibly on the zoom but are not on the zoom anymore uh joining in for that one and then september we have a theme month it is exciting the patrons voting that one in too gonna holster that for the main feed but very very soon we'll be we'll be revealing it but should be so excited should be a good 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 month uh if you're a baseball fan from phenom to the farm if you're a baseball fan, you've, you've stopped listening to this an hour ago. Uh, for Big Screen Sports, <laughs> we'll catch you next Monday. Thanks for listening.